Ahoy and welcome to Doug and Jake Tales, a series of Movies by Minute podcasts started on January 15th of 2018. We let the hosting lapse and our podcast had previously been erased from the internet, but now thanks to the miracle of Anchor, we have decided to collect the episodes and we will be releasing them one week at a time. Each episode will be one week's worth of minutes, seven minutes an episode. It's uh, it's weird, but I promise it will make sense all in the end. Enjoy Doug and Jake Tales. Talk to God, but not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice, and you see his disciples. They appear like huh, angels under a sea of black umbrellas. Tales, tales. Here it is. This is a, wow. We really do need that theme song. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to start this. We're doing a thing where uh, having some technical difficulties. Doug's gonna put the theme song in later. So technically, uh, technically, I don't know where that came from. Usually, what we do is the theme song plays, and sometimes we talk and we go into it, and then Doug goes, "Southland Tales, Tales," and we get right into it. This time, we're just. Jumping in with both feet, with no intro, and it's a little awkward. And also, uh, since this is the first of a series, as have the longtime listeners know, we record a bunch of these at once and then put them out day by day. Uh, this is the first of a series that we're doing uh, after Jake got back from... Did you go to Disneyland uh, or Disney to World? Disney World. Disney World. The far superior of the Disney Park locations. And um, Trigger warning. Tri- and um, I don't know if you quite know the, the, the name of the, the the use of the word trigger warning. Well, if people who are triggered by their favorite Disney park being um, maligned. Okay, I guess so. I guess I guess anything can trigger anybody yeah, these days. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, and I am flat ass exhausted uh, from working uh, like fourteen hour days for the last four days. So, that fun times. Only slightly less serious than a round ass exhausted. <laughs> only slightly less, less well known as this. Never go in against a Sicilian when, when death, death is, is on, on the line. line. <laughs> 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 I put too many haws in there. Um, so, you're listening to Southland Tales Tales. We are on minute 35. 35. 35. The one, actually, we were a little excited about doing. Yeah. Um, just because I... I, it's one with all comedians, and we, we were talking about this scene before we, um, while we were waiting on your computer to boot back up because I stupidly turned off everything over here all at once, uh, and I didn't realize that was the minute we were on. I was quoting the my Amy Poehler has a line, uh, Dream has a line. The scene is one of my favorite lines in the movie. I didn't even realize that was uh, where we were in the film. Yep, and. Um, this is uh, this is the scene that really we've talked about Sherry O'Terry and um, and various things about her, but I will say there's not even the even the people who I I not really enjoyed in the past. There's not 
a performance in this movie I don't dis that I don't like. That even all of the performances are good in this. Mm. Even the even the people who in the past like I, I've since come to love Will Sasso stuff, but uh, before this movie I wasn't a big fan of Will right. Sasso. And Sherry O'Terry is another one of those. It's just like mm, she's a decent sketch comedian, but you know that's about it. I, uh, I I watched the interview this week and read a couple of things where uh, it was talking. Richard Kelly was talking about wanting to give uh, a chance to people who were kind of seen one way in Hollywood and only seen that way, like um, mm-hmm. The Rock and Sean William Scott. You know, Sean William Scott has his entire career tried to not be Stifler from American Pie and, and things like that. And I feel like there are some strong performances in the movie. I'm not going to say who it is, but when we get to it, I will tell you there is one person he gave that opportunity to in this movie that I think did not capitalize and is a bad performance. But she is not, not a, that person is not in the scene. I haven't actually seen any Janine Garofalo scenes because right after I downloaded the cans cut, I lost my phone at Disney World and I don't have that copy that I'm going to have to. Uh, torrent, I mean, legally download it again. Yeah, absolutely. Legally, wink, wink, download. A copy of a movie that isn't commercially available. And not at all have me put it on your new phone before you leave today. Yeah, oh, I didn't know you had it. Good, let's (laughs) do that. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't have it. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, So uh, this is the scene. um, It starts off with... Oh, what was Carlos Inesco talking about at the beginning of this? Uh, Proposition 69, yes. think tank. Yeah, the government think tank. And um, and then it goes into Dion and Dream's backyard, um, right. which I guess is off of Venice Beach. Um, have you ever been to Venice Beach? I've, I've never I'm asked driven that. by signs directing me to it, but no. Venice Beach is interesting. Um because you can either pay an absurd amount to park near Venice Beach or just park in this weird, like, why do people live here? Have you seen I Love You, Man? Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, a great portion of that takes place on the houses that are just right off Venice Beach that you're just like, these houses must be super expensive and there's nowhere for them to park. Mm. <laughs> you know? Okay. And you anyway, you park on the side of the street and then you walk several blocks to the beach and, and you have a good time. But um, this is obviously one of those houses. Right. And it's just like the loft we talked about in the previous one. A lot of Dottist art everywhere, you know, like the giant clown head and the Marilyn Monroe with the mushroom cloud over her uh, right. uh, titties. There was a, the, uh, I watched an interview with the set decorator this week from the previous scene, and he said they absolutely threw restraint out the window. They want it to be the most one of the most over-the-top things in the whole movie was the way that set looks. And there's a, a scene of them decorating the set for the scene we just watched a minute 35. And they're bringing in... One thing you... If you start watching interviews the cast and crew of this movie, one thing you get very quickly you pick up on is that none of them want to say, what the fuck is going on? But very... Like, almost all of them are thinking it very loudly. Um... <laughs> Uh, and they're bringing in this giant hot dog, and the guys are bringing in. There's a guy with a camera filming them, you know, doing this behind the scenes stuff, and they're just looking at him, shaking their heads, like, "What is this hot dog for?" And it's just all kinds of stuff like that. I don't know how common that is in Venice Beach. I've never been to anyone's house there, but 
I'm going to go with probably not very. Not super common, though the people who live on Venice Beach are just weird enough and rich enough that they would probably, I mean, not to the extent that Dion and Dream's backyard is, but still very close, very close. Well. Um, I and, and when we get to the there in the future, the, the house where they die, um, I am, uh, due to the untimely arrival of Bark Bookman, um, I believe that one is in Manhattan Beach, if I'm as, assuming correctly. Uh. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a fun minute. It's got um, the improv team all working together, which I enjoy. Everybody but Sean uh, William Scott. Let's let's just take a minute here to correct uh, uh, an assertion I made on a previous episode. The name of the the improv team is the Lamplight Gang. I called them the Gaslight Gang in a previous episode, which would make no. The, they're called the Gaslight Gang. Very, they're called the Gaslight Gang. They are. I'm gaslighting you. So. I know. <laughs> I got it. Uh, that would be a very different team. That would be a team that were they terrorists, I would maybe negotiate with them. But oh no, pimps don't negotiate with terrorists. Talk to God, but not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice, and you see his disciples. They appear like. <laughs> Angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Southland Tales Tales. Southland Tales Tales. Doug Driesel Jr. Jake Young. Comedian. Also, kind of, I, I, I mean, you know, just because it's loud doesn't mean it's funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's that's kind of where I'm at with whether or not I'm a comedian. <laughs> um, we are watching a minute 36, 36, and it starts with the end of the last scene, right. which um, we, uh, well, we the only thing that we didn't discuss in the last episode. Uh, was one of our favorite lines, uh, one, of, one of our favorite lines, which is uh, just because it's loud doesn't make it funny. Right. And then it starts off with, uh, as you you do it better. Oh, uh, just because, oh, uh, with the Sherry Terry's line? Yeah. It's like, you know, you really ought to watch what you say, bitch. What was that? Did you hear that? What? Are you gaslighting me again? No. Did I? Am I having an auditory hallucination? Are you talking about the truck that started up down the street? That must be what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's that's what that is. That was very weird. Okay, so anyway, she says, uh, "You know, you really ought to watch what you say, bitch. A dream can turn to a nightmare, and the turn of a dime." I, her name is Dream. Her name is Dream. I just got that. I just thought she meant <laughs> like. Uh, I love doing this show with you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was just being like, you know, dreams can turn to nightmares, like things are going to go badly for you, Amy Poehler. But no, her name is Dream, and her she, her life could become metaphorically, uh, symbolically a nightmare, literally a nightmare. She could herself turn from a dream to a nightmare when, when Sherry O'Terry unleashes hell and fury and flames of uh, eternal damnation on her. Flames? Fiery flames burning my face. I can tell by the look on your face you've not seen the movie Clue, which I am referencing right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I have, but 
so much happens in that movie. Uh, <laughs> mostly, I remember that. Let's do that after the cons cut. Okay. Yeah. Clue Let's, tales. Clue tales. Clue tales. Tales. Clue tales. Tales. Here we are. With Clue tales. Tales. <laughs> back. There's a backdoor pilot. <laughs> We're gonna, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then it goes into. Um, Here's I, I was hesitating whether to bring this up just in case it doesn't happen, but um, we are what we are doing right now is if everything goes correctly, starting with this episode, we are going to be doing the episodes with us just two, and then we're going to tag on interviews with Mike Nielsen if everything goes according to plan. He yeah. has agreed to become and Mike Nielsen. Uh, Mike Nielsen is young Kenny Chan. Kenny Chan. And he, uh, this is the beginning of his real, you know, of his of his big Hold scenes. Is I'm having we're we're 36 minutes into this movie. Is Kenny Chan the first person killed in this movie? Or no, they kill everybody going up to the flat earlier, right? Like we've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't killed seen, Eli Roth, and yeah, we're about to see them get killed. They, okay. Nobody's been killed as of this point. So he's like the third person killed in this because they they kill the well, they guy. They kill the one guy on the phone. Yeah. The who said uh, was a cat piss doesn't come out yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And they kill Eli Roth, and mm. then they kill the guy right out. Then they kill the first guy. So he's the fourth guy killed. Oh, okay. Because they kill the first guy. I don't know. We're about to see. I, yeah. It's he's either the third or fourth guy. Killed. No one's been killed before this series of killings. Is is yeah. really the point I'm trying to make? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so we see uh, young Kenny Chan. He's having problems with the firewall. He is alone in Dadaist Heaven Loft. Right, and he has a listening device on the back of his jacket. Yes, which we already established uh, and when he got it from his uh, co-worker Starla. Right. Yes, and um, yeah, he's uh, he says that Nana Mae Frost can eat a fucking dick. And so surprise Nanime Frost is listening which he just said she probably was yeah <laughs> yeah so, so I don't know if um, Kenny is just not the brightest bulb in the USI dent box or USI death double agent www.usidef.org oh is it org it's org Shit. Uh, it's as, my favorite as, line in the movie and I didn't quote it right um who says that Sheena Sheena G Sheena G yeah, which or, Shoshana Cox. Uh, Shoshana, yeah, I think it was Shoshana. Shoshana Cox, because Shoshana Cox is, as we have established, a relation to, to, to Kristen Kapowski. Because yeah, yeah. uh, according to the IMDb page, Shoshana Cox's real name is Kapowski. Right. Yes. And I want this to be a shared universe. Saved by the, the bell. Saved by the bell. No. Yes, absolutely, and it is because we have decided so. They okay. They meet. Um, they get into porn because Kelly Kapowski is friends with Jesse Spano and Save by the Bell is also a shared universe with Showgirls where Jesse Spano is a giant whore. Ooh. And then, so she introduces somehow or another them all to, uh, oh, so she meets Krista Kapowski. Wait, this is getting confusing. But it, it's none of this it's is real. It's so confusing. It makes me want to negotiate with terrorists. No, but we're pimps, and pimps don't negotiate with terrorists. Ahoy, this is Doug. I did mention the fact that we might be putting on interviews with Mike Nielsen at the end of episodes in this episode. However, the interview did happen. It just went so well, I didn't 
like cutting it up into little chunks. So we're going to release it as its own special episode coming up pretty soon. So keep listening for that. And now we're going to get uh, back on into Southland Tales Tales tomorrow. Talk to God. Not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice. And you see his disciples. They appear like angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Southland Tales Tales. I'm Will. I am Fire. And we are Fire. And Will. The new improv group coming straight to your uh, anti-establishment territories. Right. We'll just, uh, we're going to get a guy named Will from the audience. If no one in the audience shows up named Will, it's going to be a real long show. Bring all the Wills you know. (laughs) So we're watching Minute 37. Right. Yes. My favorite prime number since 19. And um, not a whole lot happens in this minute. No. We hear a guy talk about cat throw up and um, Anime Frost says fire at Will. Kenny, uh, someone on the other end of the phone tells Kenny to get out, and he says no, no, and goes on the computer. Uh, one thing I learned this week in looking at the, uh, the in this minute and all throughout the movie, it's not unique to minute thirty-seven. There's just not a lot else going on to talk about minute thirty-seven. Uh, uh, the the graffiti and the posters and everything that is all over the Venice Beach area. The Hermosa Beach area, all the the beach areas that we've seen, that we see, Jay, excuse no. me. Um, I all the graffiti, all the tagged spray paint I learned is all they're all quotes by Karl Marx, and then they start putting posters over it so that the words, by the time it makes it onto the screen, are almost unrecognizable. But if you were to strip away all the posters, there's full quotes by Karl Marx underneath there. Then they, uh, you know, they took the dethroned God posters of Karl Marx. They took the, the dual face of boxer. You know, I just, I never thought about the, uh, the boxer poster having two faces kind of like, uh, the Roman God Janus because he's, uh, boxers and and Jericho Kane. I don't know if that's perp- uh, on purpose or not. Uh, and then there's, there's similar things. Uh, the digits for democracy, so it was a, a thoughtful thing. There's a lot of layers to all that graffiti. And by the time it made it on the screen, it was made to look like it was all just done over time and plastered over. But they, uh, it was, it, it's all based on Karl Marx. That, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it's uh, <clears throat> also, um, I got really distracted while you were talking because right. I had to go let yeah. Uh, my mom is currently visiting, and she is outside cleaning my house, uh, outside of the studio, which is uh, probably something I shouldn't have said on the podcast. This checks out with guys who do podcasts minute by minute about forgotten movies. Yeah, yeah, it's, true, checks true. Out. And uh, she brought her little puppy over, and so I'm keeping the door closed. And Cooper and the little puppy were wanting to get in. You can yeah. hear the puppy. She's good, 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 good,
And you know what Basset Hounds make me want to do? Not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> no, because pimps don't pimp? negotiate with terrorists. One of the things that Jake and I are super passionate about, and you'll hear about it in later episodes of Doug and Jake Tales, is professional thumb wrestling. You can check out professional thumb wrestling, exactly what that is, on NDWAthumbs.com. Now back to this nonsense. Talk to God. Not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice, and you see his disciples. They appear like... Angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Southland Tales Tales. Hey. I'm Doug. I'm Jake. I'm green. I am also green. We're both green. Cobra, 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 Hotels have bomb detectors. Bomb, bomb. <laughs> We've become bored with the movie we're reviewing and uh, talking Welcome about. Welcome to Fifth movies. Element Tales. Fifth Element Tales, Tales. And uh, I am Doug. And I'm Jake. Doug Driesel, Multipass. And uh, Jake Lilu Dallas. <laughs> I am actually Mila Jovovich. Surprise! Surprise! Hey, you were great when you played that song in um, um, uh, the, the American Graffiti, uh-huh. but with Richard Linkletter. American Graffiti, but with Richard Linkletter. Days and Confused. Days and Confused. Richard Linkletter made Days and Confused. I thought he did. I, he may have. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Uh, um, I think of Richard Linkletter. Linkletter. I immediately think this, of. Um, the movie about lucid dreaming. Waking Life. Yeah, Waking it's Life, the same yeah. guy. That's the reason why the guy who plays Mitch in Days of Confused, the only other movie he ever did, oh, right. was Waking Life. He's the Life. guy in Waking Life, yeah. yeah. And then Scared Dark. Okay, anyway, Southland Tales Tales mm-hmm. is a podcast we're doing, Minute 38. Yes, uh, and we've already gotten really bored. <laughs> I don't know if we've gotten bored or just we've talked about about it so much. There's just not a lot going on right now. I mean, it's um, a, lot of, a lot of the murders we talked about. Um the big one here, so it, in order, because we were having trouble with the order earlier, it was mm. Cat Throw Up. Cat Throw Up. It was Eli lab, Roth. Eli Roth. And then Meth Lab. Meth Lab, yeah. And the interesting, what I wanted to bring up about the Meth Lab is, is um, you said it was definitely supposed to be a Meth yeah, Lab. Yeah, the interview I watched with the set decorator said, uh, and it, 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 there was another drug paraphernalia thing. He said something in the front of the house, I don't remember what it was, and Meth Lab in the back. And then he said his favorite contribution was the blow-up doll with the light, the light-up dildo going through her head. That's in Zora's uh, house, though. That's in Zora's loft. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. well, it's, it's meth lab in the back, something in the front. I don't remember what it was. What well, my point about the meth lab is, is that I, before you told me that, I was going to bring up on the show that it was. Um, it looked like a meth lab, but I was assuming they were making fluid karma, like artificial fluid karma. 
because you don't fire a gun into a meth lab ever. Right. You don't fire a gun. You don't fire flash grenades. You don't. You don't do anything that's going to cause any sort of spark into a meth lab. Yeah, because everyone will blow up and die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and and apparently I'm I mean anybody who's watched Breaking Bad I'm assume should know that, yeah. but I just am a fan of internet videos and uh, this this one officer was trying to explain to his cadets why you don't do that and right. and it blew up an argument. You know, good. Okay, so I may have been confusing it with I may have been confusing what I watched. Let me back up. What I watched might have been about Zora's Loft, and now I'm confusing it with this. But I don't think so. No, because that definitely looked like a meth lab. Yeah. It looked like... I mean, it, 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 anybody out there who's... If you have watched Breaking Bad, which I... We'll discuss this later. Maybe don't like Breaking I'm Bad. I'm not going to discuss this. With you don't know. You don't want to discuss no. this. With me. Go <laughs> look up my Facebook page. Off limits. Go look up my Facebook page. You know how on Facebook you can put a nickname and it appears in parentheses underneath your name. My nickname on Facebook is doesn't like Breaking Bad. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Um, I don't think it's poorly made. I just I. I've never been a fan of the good guy going bad trope. I, I just don't like it. I didn't like Godfather 2. I, I liked Godfather 1 because he wasn't necessarily evil at the end of that one. And Godfather 2 was all about two different people who were good men going bad. I've just killed Jake. Jake is now Godfather 2 is the best one! <laughs> there are only three... And you dislike the best one. I if you're going to dislike, dislike a Godfather one. movie, dislike just, Godfather 3. I also dislike... I, I hate Godfather 3. I dislike I don't Godfather 2. I hate it. Um, everybody says they hate Godfather 3, and yet it is the one that everyone quotes. All the most... You pull quotable, me back yeah, in. All the most quotable things are from Godfather well, 3. But because... That was after Pacino had started screaming everything. Yeah. And screaming Pacino is so much easier to quote than uh, measure Pacino. My favorite Godfather quote is, I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. And he kisses him. That's in Godfather 2. I will say this. Um, I didn't watch any of the Godfathers until well after college. Like, I was in Los Angeles at the time. I, I forget when it was. But... Um, I did know that quote, and the uh, our senior class when we graduated, our stupid thing we did was everybody was gonna give the uh, principal a golf ball, and we didn't end up doing it because he had gotten wind of it and brought a bucket for the golf ball, oh, so, so it would have been fun. And uh, so what I did, and I had had some trouble with him. Um, I had had trouble with our speech and debate. Uh, teacher, because we, I was a huge part of the debate program, or the speech pro program, the acting part of it. Right. And forensics, uh, for those of you out there who uh, are into that stuff, um, I was a big part of the drama part of the drama and debate club. And uh, the the drama and debate club had, had been co-run by two different teachers, the drama teacher and the debate teacher. The drama teacher um, went to a different school, and the debate teacher retired, so they hired one guy to do both classes, and he didn't know shit about drama. He didn't know shit about performing. He was he was all about debate, and, he, and so we had had a lot of trouble, and um, someone um, 
someone uh, during our drama and debate thing had spray painted welcome to the ghetto on the side of the school and the principal would not believe it wasn't me (laughs) and that's the i'm not and this is the thing it's been enough time that if it were me i would admit to it but it wasn't me i'm not a i'm not a defacer i've i've not i've maybe uh, once or twice you know maybe carved something in a desk or something you could have probably come up with a better jab at your school and welcome to the ghetto yeah exactly i'm a little more clever than that right and um, so we had had uh, we had had lots of issues, uh, myself and the principal. And so at the so at graduation, since we couldn't do the golf ball thing, uh, when I shook his hand, I pulled him in like I'm Donald Trump or some shit. <laughs> I pulled him in. and I go, I know it was you. You broke my heart. And then I kissed him on the cheek. <laughs> and, then, and, then I, and then I walked away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was I that was one of the cooler things I did in high school. Yeah, I would say so, and I don't know anything else you did in high school, and I have to think that ranks up there. Yeah, yeah. It was was entirely that... Oh, there's there's a couple of cool things I did, but yeah, that was that was probably the coolest. I didn't do anything cool until I was almost in my twenties. Ah, yeah. I yeah. started started late. You uh, know what I did a lot in my twenties. Negotiate with terrorists? No, because I'm a pimp. No, pimps don't no, negotiate pimps with, with terrorists. terrorists. Talk to God, but not even not even seeing him. You hear his voice, and you see his disciples. They appear like. <laughs> Angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Southland Tales Tales. Jake, uh, minute 38. Minute 38. Am I right about that? I believe so, yes. yes. And um, this is the uh, another episode where I'm going to get in trouble, probably on my heightest views, um, because I did want to point out that there was uh, exactly one little person in the Upu 3 uh, raid on this, because we had talked about it earlier, and I said that there were were little people in the SWAT team, and uh, there was just one little person still... I maintain that's an odd choice for a SWAT team. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for people, you know, doing people equality (laughs) and stuff, but there's just physical limitations to being a SWAT team member. Okay. You, you burst around a corner. Uh, you've got two guys, the same height. One's going to duck down. One's going to shoot over the guy or girl ducking down's head. Little person, little people eliminate the need for that. You both burst around a corner, and you've got a chest, a headshot, and a chest shot, without any alteration of your stance. But he's not pointing up; he's pointing straight. So you've got a dick shot and a face shot. But the target was seated. Which target? They shot Eli Roth on the toilet. Well, yeah, but. So in so so you're telling me they hired one little person in case Eli Roth was taking a shit. Yes. Okay. 
crying. My apologies. I mean, is that the most, is that the thing about this film you have the most trouble suspending your disbelief about? It, it really is. Okay. The thing that, everything else like has some sort of logic to it in this movie once you examine it to the level we're examining it. Okay, you know? so do you think that this guy was one of the seven dwarfs that we talked about? No, 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 no. Because yeah. they're all tech people at Upu 4. Well, These are SWAT team members on Upu 3. Yeah, that's Or right. no, Upu 5, sorry. Yeah. It was Upu 5, not Upu 4. Um, I don't think we get... Do we get Upu 4? Because uh, Upu 2 are the police. The police, right. Upu 3 are the SWAT, and Upu 5 are the U.S. ident. There's a breakdown people. of it. Um, there's a big graphic of it on the last few supplemental pages of the mechanicals. Uh, that was like... It shows a bunch of... Uh, pictures from the movie and it shows uh what we, it shows what we see in the background of a scene have we gotten to the scene where yeah uh, the guys are talking to each other about starla being on bathroom detail oh no 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 but we have seen that same graph in a previous scene okay yes. it's easier to see in that scene and it shows like the breakdown of where all the agencies fall on the upu scale mm-hmm. uh it's a lot easier to see in the last few pages of Mechanicals, but there is an Upu 4, and it says what it involves, but I don't know that we really see it in the movie. Okay. Um, and then this is, uh, of course, the illustrious death of Kenny Chan. Right. Uh, who this, also it, dies on a toilet. Also, the, he's this movie's Elvis. Oh, because he dies, he dies on a toilet. On a toilet. Yes. Yeah. So Eli Roth is... Uh, Tiny Elvis, played oh, by yeah, he also does on, played by Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah, he's either uh, Tiny E. <laughs> yeah, he's Little E from Branson. By you, the way, you know that guy. I don't know that guy. I want to hear your thing, but I want to say my thing first. My thing's not really a thing worth talking about. Go look up Tiny. If you are not an SNL fan from the late '80s, go look up Tiny Elvis. It is the most bizarre SNL sketch because it's it's one of those that's not funny. It's just a premise of somebody doing an impression. And the whole gimmick is it's it's Rob Schneider playing Elvis. Because in his stand-up, he used to do Asian Elvis. That was his thing. Yeah. Um, and he's just this big. <laughs> it's just, hey, Tiny E, how's it going there? You know? And it's... Uh, it's really nothing, and they do it more than once. <laughs> it's, it's a nothing sketch that they do a bunch. Yeah. So go check that out, and then uh, wait, Little E. Oh yeah, no, it's Little E's this guy. I think his name is Rodney, something. I don't know. Rapping Rodney. Rap no Rodney. Uh, uh, like Rodney with an A instead of an O. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rapping Rodney would have been a lot better. Um. Uh, so, <laughs> it's uh. It was no respect. No, 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 no respect. Anyway. Yeah, no, Ronnie Dangerfield, I get it, yeah. Um, uh, he's this kid. He's from Branson. I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast aren't from, who don't personally know Doug and I, or Doug and me, but we are in Springfield, Missouri, which is just a 40, 30, 40 minutes down the road from Branson, Missouri, the Vegas of the Midwest. Uh, and there are all manner of entertainers in Branson, uh, and I use that term liberally, but there are, there are some really good, talented people over there. There are also some people who are convinced that it is their ticket to uh, international superstardom who are probably only ever going to perform in Branson. I feel like uh, literally you might be one of those guys. I saw him the first time at uh, Incredible Pizza, which is a less annoying Chuck E. Cheese. 
here in town. Uh, he was probably six, and he was doing all Elvis stuff, and he was very annoying. Mm. Very annoying. Mm. Uh, would just come up and glad hand you at your table after he was done singing, try to sell you one of his CDs, folks. Uh, anyway, so he's older now. He's like 18, and he's he's not bad. He's out there trying to drop the Elvis thing and just be a... I don't know why we're still talking about this. Little Lee Radney uh, Pennington, maybe, is his name. Look him up. He's from Branson. He's not bad. You probably have to come to Branson to see him. Cakes and Creams. He plays at Cakes and Creams a lot, and I love that place. What, what does it have? Cakes. Hold on. And Creams. <gasps> Ice creams, iced cream, uh, funnel cakes, funnel cake with iced cream. Uh, there's a s'mores one. It's my favorite one. They have fried chicken and burgers and tendies and uh, onion rings and all sorts of food. Uh, you know, one of those places. Oh, man, that sounds delicious. I need to go there and negotiate with some iced cream. Uh, well... You can, but there's a caveat to Cakes and Creams. It says right above the door, uh, no pimps allowed because we don't, pimps don't negotiate with iced cream. Talk to God, but not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice and you see his disciples. They appear like angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 I got soul, Southland Tales Tales, Doug Driesel Jr. And Jake Young. And Cheryl Eddington. A little louder. Cheryl Eddington. My mom's here! The first guest of Southland Tales Tales is Doug's mom! Yay! <laughs> We've got myself, Doug, Miss Cheryl, Cooper, and Jade. Jade, the little basset hound puppy. It is a full family affair in the Southland Tales Tales recording studio tonight. The day before Valentine's Day, 2018. Absolutely. Now, we are uh, also known Fat Tuesday today. Right. Mardi Gras. Yeah. yeah. Mardi Gras. Uh, a religious holiday for me being from the state of Louisiana. Not really a religious holiday, but I like to treat it like it is. Uh, we wanted to bring my mom in mostly because it was kind of weird that she was sitting outside reading a book while we were in here talking. Right. So, um, but also because I wanted mm. to see uh, my mom's reaction to this weird movie, and uh, she uh, dropped a bombshell on us. Be- before we get to that, let's just say what ha- in the scene we're at. Uh, I was going to talk to it, uh, talk about it after because I have some things I want to say about that uh, restaurant. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and tell the the what you were what we just found out. I've seen this movie. Whoa! And, oh, and did I show you this movie? No. She no. elected to watch Southland Tales. Okay. So now keep in mind, I'm uh, my mom is very much your stereotypical mom when it comes to movies and uh, and actors and stuff. So mother. Mother, if you could please tell us why, um, or not why, but uh, what what this movie is, why this movie is, and uh, 
what uh, what's going what happens, e- even a little. Well, everything. Ev- just tell us everything you can remember about it. I'm I'm talking mostly because as I speak, she is getting a panicked look on her face. It seems like, as far as I remember, The Rock is a cop. Is that right? Uh, ish. Yeah. yeah, he's investigating. Uh, I don't remember. No, well, but just, tell us, tell us anything you remember about the movie. The rocks in it. And. That's about it. Nobody else. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Then with the rocks in it, who else needs to be in it? Am I right? Right. Nudge, nudge. Those pegs. <laughs> right. Um. So let's go ahead and have mom tell us what happened in this movie while Cooper and Jade are no doubtedly making a lot of noise on these microphones. What, what happened in the minute we just watched? Um, the Rock and some young kid was sitting at a restaurant, eating, talking about a dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is that young kid, Jake? Uh, that is uh, Officer Ronald Tav- Roland Tavener uh, from Rosa Beach, Ron- California. As Ronald. As Ronald, um, portrayed by Sean William Scotts. Yep. And also you, known as who, Stifler. You may know as Stifler from American Pie. You ever seen that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And other things, but that's the role he's been trying to overcome all his career. We've never really talked about it, but uh, when you were t- I meant to bring it up when you mentioned that before. Uh, the the main role that is diametrically opposed to Stifler that he played. Have you seen Final Destination? Uh, yeah, back when it was brand new. I don't really remember much about it. He plays a total nerdlinger in that movie. Uh-huh. Like a, a 100% nerdlinger in that in that movie. And then he huh. gets decapitated, spoiler yeah. alert. That's not how spoiler alerts work. You say it before the thing, but yeah. I did it after. Yeah, right. Um, so, um, mother. <laughs> they were talking about a dream. Do you remember the specifics of the dream? Not really. Okay, cool. So, um... Uh, can you tell us the circumstances under which you watched this movie? Do you remember watching it? I was flipping through the channels and saw a movie with The Rock and thought, can't go wrong there. Right. <laughs> and then you watched part of Southland Tales. <laughs> which is one of the most convoluted and confusing movies to watch start to finish, Stone Cold Sober, and try to understand everything to take even like one minute five minutes an hour of it out of context total exercise in futility yeah but um so uh this scene uh for those of you out there i'll go a little bit more into it than my mom did it's the rock and uh sean william scott talking about a dream that sean william scott has where uh, he is going through a sand maze, right. and he get, he follows the light, and as he goes into the light, he sees the rock waiting for him. And then the rock asks him, do you ever feel like there's a thousand people? And that's the end of the minute. That's the end of the minute. In which he continues, but it is an auspicious spot to stop. And it's like the rock just saying, do you ever feel like there's a thousand people? And you have to imagine Sean William Scott being like, well, yeah. I mean, I can almost see a thousand people. Right now, yeah, just uh, just looking out in Venice Beach. Yeah, uh, they are eating at a uh, at a restaurant called the Sidewalk Cafe, which is my favorite place to eat in Los Angeles. It has mediocre food that they overcharge for, but it is right on Venice Boardwalk, mm. and you can't beat the view eating out did there. We go there. I think we did. Yeah, 
Uh, also, speak into that that microphone there. <laughs> I just said, did we go there when yeah. I came and saw you in California? We did. We did. Uh, no. Yeah, when you came by yourself, not when you brought the kids. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, it's it's the most scenic place. To wow, this is a chaotic episode. <laughs> um, it is the most scenic place to eat in Los Angeles. I'm a big fan of it. And that bookstore he goes into a little later is an actual bookstore that exists. Now in- that's definitely on my list. Uh, my wife and I travel a lot. Uh, we, we we I don't want to say waste, but we spend a lot of trips we could take to other places going to Disney World. But oh boy, it's ramping up in here. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to probably end up back in LA at some point this year, uh, this year, 2018. And we look for cool bookstores everywhere we go. So that's going to be on my list for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it is as it looks, you know, they, they do a pretty good job of representing that bookstore. I've tried to read, uh, we'll talk more about it when we get to it. That scene. I've tried to read every visible book title in that scene. Uh, just pausing it, trying to make note of what's in because, like, you never know if they're trying to throw in some reference to something or like sure. some of them aren't really real books and they're just uh, there for some reason. Or, but so far, nothing noteworthy really. Yeah, no, nothing really is going on in this scene other than what we've talked about, and um, you know, it, <laughs> Jade is chewing on my hand. And that really makes me want to go negotiate with some ice cream. If you, well, you can't do that because you're a pimp and pimps don't negotiate with iced cream. If you're liking what you're hearing so far, you might want to check out one of Jake and mine's side projects, Wolfram and Hard Tiger. We are a band that's easily described as Tenacious D meets the William Shatner album Has Been. You can check out our stuff on wolframandhardtiger.bandcamp.com. Don't know how to spell that? Just go to the notes of this show. And now, speaking of the show, back to the thing that I was just speaking about. Talk to God, but not even, not even seeing him. You hear his voice, and you see his disciples. They appear like angels under a sea of black umbrellas. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a South by Tales Tales. Tales Tales. Tales Tales. Doug Drizzle Jr. Jake Young. My mom has gone back to the front room. Yep. Yep, she was not impressed by our show. <laughs> so she is now outside of the room, and we are in here uh, doing more episodes. This is whatever, 39, I think. 39, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, 38 or 39. Favorite multiple of 13. There you go. <laughs> uh, I love your math jokes. And so this episode is a continuation of the bo- Sidewalk Cafe scene. And uh, We found out what The Rock was going to say. Do you ever feel like there's a thousand people... Minute 38 cuts off, minute 39 picks up with, uh, and they're all trapped inside of you or something. something they're all locked inside you. Locked inside you, yeah. And Fighting he, one another. He does that cool uh, thing with his hand where he's boxing. Mm-hmm. Boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's when they're all, I'm doing the hand thing, fighting against each other. 
or and against you. The only thing that keeps them, your your memory is what keeps them yeah. locked together. Like a, the mem- maybe that's all we have. Yeah. The, the memory, memory gospel. gospel. Are we on the memory gospel? That's episode five. I Chap- think that's chapter episode, five. I think that's chapter five. Yeah. So we're on chapter four, which is called. Temptation weights. Temptation weights. Right. And okay. then six is um, uh, a wave of Shredded mutilation. Shredded apart. Yeah, wave of mutilation. Yeah, yeah the Pixie song. Oh, yeah. that's something you texted me that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, I never mentioned it because I kind of I, it's it's the in the trivia for the movie. Anytime you look it up, yeah. but uh, Jake texted me this and he's like, I, I thought I was really on to something. And, and you are, you are. I just never brought it up because it's it's all over the trivia. But um, the names of the uh, Wave of Mutilation is a Pixie song. Right. Uh, Memory Gospel is a Moby song. I think it's. Yes, it is Moby. Moby, yes. and then uh, Temptation uh, Waits is garbage. Garbage, yeah, and uh, not not just t- a terrible song, but by the band Garbage. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's garbage by garbage. Yep. I actually haven't listened to the song yet. I don't know. I looked yeah. it up. I've made a playlist of them. I haven't gone back and checked it out yet. But yeah, it's um that's an interesting uh, note to to point out that we haven't really talked about yet, uh, and. As we mentioned before, Moby does score every song that's not an original song by a band in this movie. Which there are quite a few that are really great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a, a, a thing we don't haven't really fully appreciated on this podcast is the soundtrack to this movie. The score is great. It's very uh, ethereal and, oh, that's and, the word I was and just ambient say. and just uh, kind of gives the dreamlike sense to this whole movie. Uh, but then the 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 soundtrack, the songs that are about other bands, of course, the one that everybody thinks of immediately by the Killers. Uh, these things that I've done, I think, is the name of it. All um, these things. I've all done. these things I've done, right? The one that has. It might scene. even be all these things that I've done, but it doesn't matter. Semantics. Uh, my favorite, second favorite scene in the whole movie has a great song by a band I love very much, which is Muse. And I can't remember the name of the song. I looked it up just the other day and listened to it several times on repeat. Uh, uh, there's a black, uh, what is it, motorcycle, uh, black motorcycle Oh, the, the black motorcycle. Yeah, the something motorcycle. It wasn't black, I don't Black think. motorcycle was, death squad or something. It, it was motorcycle Black club. rebel motorcycle black club. Black rebel, yes. There we go. Uh, they, <laughs> black rebel, okay, anyway. Yeah, they're on the, the James Von Westphalen, um, all sorts of stuff going on there. There's a lot of really good good music in this movie. Oh, you're talking about the single tracking shot. Yeah. The yes. the, the touch of evil but shot. Since we've said that yeah. the other scene with Muse is my second favorite scene in the movie, it's worth saying that the scene that Doug is talking about is my favorite scene in the entire movie. It follows uh, Serpentine a lot, but also several other characters. And it's a single camera, single take shot through the... Through the Jenny Von Westphalen, uh, towards the end of the film, we'll get there later. It will probably cover more than one minute. Um, yeah, it's yeah, a long probably. shot. It's, it's a pretty it's long really shot. cool. And, and, uh, there's a reason I called it the Touch of Evil shot. So absolutely. Mm. Um, you said mm, as though you're not familiar with no, Touch of Evil. Yeah, uh, Orson Welles movie. It's okay. But its uh, main claim to fame is it was one of the first movies that started off with just a. Uh, crazy ass long tracking shot like mm. like just one of those kind of things and it uh. was it was just this 
this really long shot. We might even watch it in between because it's it's cool. just it's it's the probably the inspiration for that scene. I'm always impressed by those. Every time they come up in anything I'm watching, uh, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has one in almost I think in every movie he does. I don't I can't really place in my mind what the one in Bottle Rocket would be if there is one, but. Uh, well, Bottle Rocket was before he got all Wes Anderson-y. Yeah, that's that's a. I use that phrase all the time. I think uh, there's that one movie about the the scout and the girl he's in love with. Uh, Moonrise oh, Kingdom, Moonrise Kingdom. Kingdom is the most Wes Anderson-y movie there is. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so his style. It's just beating you over the head with it. And I like that movie, but it is it's a little. It's almost too too much of. It's too Wes Anderson-y. I think that Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is peak Wes Anderson for regular audiences. I think that 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 one is... That movie... I I might have said it on this podcast before. There's two movies that make me cry every single time I watch them. And the first one is the Muppet movie when Kermit is talking to himself in the desert. And the second one is Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou when he finally sees the jaguar shark and breaks down. I always cry uh-huh. when uh, Bill Murray cries. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the scene that it doesn't make me cry, but it really kicks me right in the gut when he falls down and he tells him not to edit. He's like, we're going to give it to him straight or whatever he says, give warts and all or whatever mm-hmm. the equivalent phrase is there. Uh I think the most impressive example of that I've ever seen. Uh, did you watch the first season of? Oh, I wish I hadn't brought it up now because I can't think of the name of the show. It was on HBO. True Detective. Uh, no, I did not. I did not. There is an episode of that. I'm where only a fan of the second season. It's. You have got to be kidding me. I am kidding you. I have not seen either season. I just know that a lot of people hate the second season. I haven't seen the second season. I can't really speak to that. The first season is one of the most perfect things ever. Um, Unfortunately, I am an internet fan, so it's not going to hit me as hard because I know who the Yellow King is. Yeah. Um, Because I I just read things online. Right. And sometimes people don't post spoiler alert before things happen. Well, I also kind of... I thought that was a cool thing because... Uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, uh, go 15 seconds ahead in this podcast. Right. Starting now. It's the guy who was mowing the lawn, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. So, um, that also, the Yellow King thing made me think about this uh, old band I used to love called... I don't know. I'll get back to it. They had a song called Bitch and Camaro. Uh, Dead Milkman. So anyway, uh, there's an episode of True Detective where they have this really just exquisitely long, complicated, all over the place tracking shot. It is a single camera. It's a single take. And it's probably the most impressive use of that technique I've ever seen in anything recorded in video format. Right on. Okay. So what actually happened in... This scene of Southland Tales. We've talked about a bunch of other minutes. No, we we uh, we got done talking about it. It was uh, oh, we didn't talk about Jimmy Hermosa though. Oh uh, yeah, the creepiest motherfucker yeah. in this entire movie. <laughs> right. That uh, if, for those of you who've watched the movie, Jimmy Hermosa is not actually named in the movie. Right. It's the shirtless mohawk guy right. who's the, always the, hanging out with a guy we were trying to look up before then, but it's like. It's like Roland's cousin or something. The first time we see Jimmy Hermosa, uh, he's throwing up on a video screen. No, and no, is watching that's, him. that's later. Is it? 
Yeah. I thought it was when they were talking about USI Dent and her watching. No, everybody. no, because it's um, it, it's much later when because um, she gets disgusted, and uh, it, there's it's a scene where there's like a lot of shit going on. Yeah, and yeah, we will see it. We will see that. Scene. Well, one of the things about him and about this, there Boxer and 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 Roland are talking and. Uh, nameless guy who we can't come up with and Jimmy Hermosa are standing there watching him without having read the prequel graphic novels. This is a very non sequitur scene. Like where these guys come from? Who are they? Why? I don't know if I use the word non sequitur. Right, yeah. Um, um, they, they motion for him. nothing is another way of saying it. Right. They motion for him to come over and they have a talk with him and there's no context. There's no, what, who are these guys? Um, Something I just somehow arrived at this week is the implication that uh, one thing we know from the books is that Roland's father is the mayor of Hermosa Beach, Tab Tab Tavener. Um, uh, Knowing what we know later about who these guys are and what they do, especially seeing that Jimmy Hermosa is part of uh, Fortunio Balducci's crew, um, spoiler alert... That's not the way spoiler words alerts work. Um, Tab Tavener as mayor is mobbed up. Is the implication there? He came to 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 be the mayor probably through ill-gotten gains, and uh, he is on the side of organized crime in Hermosa Beach. Yeah, um, and and um, the oh, I was going to say something about oh, and uh, later on in the movie, and it's a very we have to listen for it. We'll get it because we're doing it minute by minute. You have to really listen to it for it. But one of the, what's her name? You sent me her name. Um, you helped me out by, cause I can never remember her name. Carlos and um, uh, partner on, on air. Uh, no, go back, go back. Jake. Lillian faith. Is it Lillian? I don't know. I lost my phone. have a new one. I don't have any old text messages anymore. Every time I scroll down it, uh, damn it. Uh, Lisa finds, uh, Leela, Layla Feinstein. Lilo and stitch. Yeah. Lilo and stitch. Uh, Lilo and stitch, uh, later on in the movie, um, mentions that in just a background, uh, audio scene, it just like, um, when they say a a reversible birth control option is is one day replace neutering. Um, It just like that scene they do Tav Tavener is wanted Mm. uh, uh, for something. They don't say what, but they want him to be arrested. And um, that's not the way you say (laughs) they want him to be arrested. Yeah. There's a warrant. Um, There's uh, a warrant out for his arrest. He's in in hot shit. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think the scene is good. It doesn't have enough negotiating with ice cream. Well, that's because it has the rock in it. The rock is a pimp, and pimps don't negotiate with iced cream. 